Welcome all of you joining us online today. We're glad that you joined us today. We pray Lord, that uh, God will visit you wherever you're at in your home, in your car, and that this message will be a blessing to you. Amen. I want to begin today by repeating a couple of things that Dr. Savell got into last week about the abundant overflow. And today I'm going to talk about the fastest way to get into abundant overflow. Is anybody interested in that? But first I want to, I want to go back to last week. Dr. Savell brought out a couple of things. He said this. He said, it's time to press into the prophetic, prophetic promises of God. He said, it's time to press into the prophetic promises of God. And this word press means the state of being persistent. It means to engage in a relentless manner for a certain cause. It means to make a strenuous effort to achieve something of great importance. It means to earnestly endure. It means to hold fast without wavering or compromising. We're not quitters in the body of Christ. We're winners. We don't quit. Jesus said when, it, when he returns, will he find faith in the earth? What if that was it? What if he was just looking for people when he returned that had faith still, that had not given up on the prophetic promises of God? Not only the prophetic promises of God, but also the promises that we find every day in the word of God. That are our rights as uh, children of God to receive these promises. And how do we receive promises? By what? By faith. Yeah, it's okay to be vocal this morning. You should probably be more vocal than normal. I'm asking you to be. So he said, how much do you want them? How much do you want these promises? What will you do to attain these promises by faith? How much do you want them to come to pass and how long will you persevere? We must put a demand on God's promises by faith. And I'll leave this scripture, uh, the scripture that he mentioned last week. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 says... Therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant. He keeps covenant. And mercy for a thousand generations. Well, praise God that covers you and me. With those who love Him and keep His commandments. God is faithful. He's faithful to His covenant. He's faithful to His word. Can you say amen this morning? So today we're going to begin in Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18, and Jesus saying, verse two, there was in a city, a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city and she came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. 
And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect? Now underline that in your Bible. God shall not God avenge his own elect. That's you and I. Which cry out day and night unto him, though he bear long with him. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Underline that in your Bible. He will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Now let's go back and and look at a couple of things in this passage. Verse 3, it says, She came to him saying, Avenge me of my adversary. Now it's important to know who our adversary is. It's important to identify who the adversary is, who the enemy is. In 1 Peter chapter 5, and verse 8 says... Probably says it the best to. It says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil. It doesn't say be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, your husband. (laughs) Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, your wife. No, your adversary, your mother-in-law. No. Your adversary, your co-worker, no. Your adversary, the person that sits on the other side of the church because they don't want to be near you, no. Your adversary, the devil. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So it's very clear who our adversary is. John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, to kill, And to destroy. So our adversary has no love for you, only hate, only wants to do harm in your life. But Jesus wants to do good. I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So we have to realize that it is not human beings that our struggle is against. That we wrestle against. Ephesians tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood or against human beings, but against principalities powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, rulers of the darkness of this world. So that's, that's who our fight is against, spiritually speaking. And so when she says, avenge me of mine adversary, that's who our adversary is in the spirit realm. Is the one who's the thief, the one that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Satan is his name. So look, look here in verse number seven. Shall not God avenge his own elect? So this passage is, is saying that she came persistently to this unjust judge, but God who loves his sons and his daughters. How many of you are a child of God? Amen. It says, how much more shall God not avenge his own children, his own family? We are not enemies at God. We are at peace with God. That's the whole uh, message of the gospel is that Jesus came uh, to bring peace on earth between man and God because there was a separation. And so he says, shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry out day and night. Verse eight, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Now I like the sound of that. I like the sound that God will avenge us speedily. 
that, uh, you know, if you read the Bible, if you look up the word suddenly, there's a lot of suddenlies in the Bible. And if you've ever experienced a suddenly, uh, I like suddenlies. Suddenlies are awesome. And it says that God will avenge us speedily, suddenly, whatever you want to say, but he'll do it in, in a quick turn. Amen. Now let's compare this uh, story right here with a very familiar story in Mark chapter 5. If you'll go there, maybe hold your finger in the other passage. We'll come back. Mark chapter 5. Verse 25, and a certain woman with an issue of blood, 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in, the press behind, touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about and said, who touched my clothes? Verse 31. And his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and saith, who touched me? And he looked around to see her that he, that who had done this. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said, daughter, thy faith had made thee whole, go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now we have the woman with the issue of blood that was persistent. She was persistent about getting her healing for 12 years. She had gone about to physicians. You know, she hadn't given up on this healing that she needed in her body. She'd gone about to to physicians. And the Bible tells us that she spent all that she had and, uh, and on many doctors and she was still sick. And so when Jesus came to town and she fought through the crowd to receive her healing... Well, she got her healing. In other words, uh, all this persistent time was not wasted. But if we compare these two stories to the one, from the woman with the issue of blood and the, the woman with the unjust judge, the difference is, is that the woman with the unjust judge is asking to be avenged. So this is key in this because this woman with the issue of blood got her healing But she had spent all the money she had. And the Bible doesn't tell us that she recouped that money. So we we can maybe read into it that because she got that touch and that made her whole, that that made her money whole. But it doesn't say that it did. And so we can also assume that maybe she got her healing, but she was still broke. Because she got, because, uh, but she did get her healing. And there are many people in the body of Christ that have been stolen from. And so a lot of the attitude has been, well, please just stop the attacks and then we just move on from there. And so this is the word that the Lord said to Dr. Savell back in, this was probably 20 years ago. In fact, I'm in uh, Jerry Savell Bible School right now. I'm a student of the word. 
I've, I've had other Bible schools. I've, I've really enjoyed this Bible school and been on the character of God and the nature of God. And you know that it's in God's character to avenge us, to defend us, to, uh, that Jesus has already justified us, that, that he pleads on our behalf, that he's our intercessor, he's our counselor, he's our defender. Do you know that that's in the nature and character of God? And so, you know, as I'm studying this out and I read this, wow, this is, and he makes this statement, which is, which is really powerful. That the Lord said, tell my people, they are letting the devil get off with too much too lightly. He said, tell my people, they are letting the devil get off with too much too lightly. Then he went on to say, they are not making him pay for the damages he has caused. Is there anybody in here that has been stolen from? Is there anybody in here that is tired of being stolen from? Well, we're going to talk about this today. And if we go back to Luke chapter 18, and we study out this word, avenge. She said, avenge me of mine adversary. Now, we identified who the adversary is. But what does this word avenge mean? This word avenge means to vindicate. And it it gives the usage of, I give justice over to you. So in other words, I I am not going to try to uh, seek justice on my own or this is out of my hands. Which, if you study the scriptures, we're not supposed to uh, seek vengeance anyway. Are y'all out there this morning? (laughs) Okay, so you ascribe to an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? Is that No, Jesus dealt with that. He even said, uh, bless those who persecute you and to pray for your enemies. And so with that in mind, this word avenge means I give justice over to you. And it, it's, it implies uh, punishment that someone will defend someone on behalf of another. And it implies restitution. So it's not just enough about stopping the attack or stopping the harassment. It's not being satisfied with that, but it's also seeking the full authority of the justice of, of the wronged in this case. So it's payback, it's compensation, it's restitution, it's restoration for damages caused. Now, in the natural, uh, there's nobody in here that wouldn't defend themselves if someone tried to come into your house while you're there. Is that right? In fact, uh, (laughs) this is kind of a funny story, but... Drew, Drew was, Drew was coming just like in the last, I don't know, year or so. He lives a little different life than us. We're now empty nesters, which it's great being an empty nester. Uh, I loved, you know, the time that we had and all that, but, but also when you get to every, every part of life has something unique that it offers and it was fun, you know, gaga goo goo and, and all that stuff. And, and it was fun 
learning how to hear different words. And they're saying this today. They're crawling. They're sticking up their head. They're, they're, you know, I really liked when uh, he was able to go in the potty on his own. That was a huge victory. In fact, we had a talk one day. It said uh, he came up to me. He's about four, three, three years old, something, two or three. I don't know. And he came up and said, Dad, I just went poop in my diaper. Can I say that? Yes. Okay, that's what he said. I'm just quoting. And I said, son, if you can tell daddy that you did that, that means that you can do it in the potty. And so we said, now we're going to go in the potty. And so we made a fun deal. And then it wasn't long after that that he was going in the potty. And so, you know, that was a fun part. We learned, we learned how to play sports. We did all this stuff. But now... We're going to bed at 9.30. <laughs> and he's staying up till 1 o'clock, you know, living the college life. And so he's coming home. And I didn't know he was coming over to spend the night. I don't think Nikki did. But, it, but, but it's, it's 12 o'clock. It's past midnight. We've been asleep for a couple hours now. And Nikki wakes me up. She taps on me like this. I'm like, you know, that startles you when you're asleep. And I was like, what? There is someone in our backyard. I was like, okay, you know, this has been like a hundred times before in a marriage. There's someone in the house. There's someone in our backyard. You know, in fact, it was a mouse. And any husbands relate to what I'm saying. <laughs> and so anyway, I was like, I was thinking, okay, but, but I get up and immediately grab my, my nine millimeter. I grab it. And so, you know, I cocked that thing back. And, and, and sure enough, I see a light right outside of our bedroom window. Now, all the times before, there was no one. But now, there is someone. This is no longer training. This is real combat that's about to happen. And so... I'm seeing this light and I'm seeing it moving. So I step out of our bedroom. Now, now I've got, you know, my gun in, in position of how they taught me when I sat through gun class. And the instructor we had in Michigan was, was very clear that you shoot first and ask questions later. I'm not saying that was right. I don't necessarily ascribe to that doctrine. But that's, he, and in fact, he used the quotes, make the bad guy leak. <laughs> and how you did that was you, you, you started here and you, and you came out like this, came out like this. Well, when we went to, went to the shooting range, it was, all right, now do it fast. And so I kind of made a little dance out of it, you know, like, you know, so kind of, kind of make it fun, you know, because. People are so serious about life all the time. But anyway, that, you know, so now we're, we're, this is a serious situation. And so I'm, I'm out of our bedroom now and I'm, I'm, I'm in the living room. There's, there's three more windows. That light is moving. And so I did what I was instructed to do in gun class. That you shout as loud as you can, get out of my house or I'll shoot. 
And so at the top of my lungs, it hurt my voice to say it, get out of my house or I'll shoot. And I heard, dad, it's me. (laughs) Oh man. So I went over and unlocked the back door and and let him in. But had that been a perpetrator, I would have defended myself, right? Isn't that right? Now, another time, you know, we tried camping for about a year. Uh, My idea of camping now is the Holiday Inn Express. Come on, man. Chilling at the Holiday Inn, you know. And so we bought this camper. Now, we didn't start with a little tiny camper. No, no. We bought a big 30-foot camper. Yes, with, with three slide outs. And, and we're going to make a go of this. Well, I probably should have checked the, the towing capacity of the current car that I had at that time. But I did not. And so we couldn't even pull the camper with my own vehicle. You learn from life. You know, you move on. But we found that uh, I wasn't, I didn't like going and setting up my camper. I didn't like it. There was a lot to set up and all this. So we got through that summer. But the next summer, we just set it up at a camp. And that, we, we, we ended up liking that better because then we would go to the woods, which was five minutes in town. And... <laughs> And spend the night there, and we felt like we were, you know, off in the Ozarks somewhere. Well, one night we're, we're sleeping and in our camper and just enjoying the, the, the scenery, the campfire, and all this stuff. And we're asleep in the back of the camper, and I hear, boom, boom, boom. And, of course, that wakes us up. And so Nikki said, what was that? I said, I, I don't know. It just startled me. I said, probably nothing. Let's just. So we, we lay there for a minute, you know, a few minutes. And then, boom, 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 boom. All right. All right. I'm getting up. I go. I open the door. Look around. You know, I mean, I'm not necessarily dressed or whatever. So, you know, you're kind of looking out and close the door. Oh, there wasn't anybody out there, honey. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that is. That's weird. Few minutes go by. Boom, 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 boom. I said, somebody's knocking on our door and then running off. So I flung the door open and walked out there, muscles bulging everywhere. <laughs> on the inside, I looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger standing there. And I looked this way, and I looked this way, and I spit. Because they had to be watching me. And I wanted them to know that if they're going to come do this again, that I will defend myself. And I, I looked this way and I spit. But no one wanted to approach me. Apparently, I was very intimidating. Carl, don't laugh so hard. Well, come to find out, it was the Coke cans that we had put in the freezer and they exploded. (laughs) But that's not the point. The point is, 
that I, that I, that I was defending myself. You learn, you learn. They were, they were hot. So the natural thing is to get them cold speedily. You want to get them cold speedily. If y'all could just be Nikki, if you could understand what she deals with. But spiritually speaking, we, it's a different fight. And so when this woman was saying, avenge me, she was saying, I'm turning over the defending of myself to you. Because I can't, I can't get justice for myself, so I'm turning it over to you. Now the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And there are things, a lot of you raise your hand, yes, yes, there are things that have been stolen from me in my life. Well, in this passage... Jesus tells us that God will defend and avenge, not only defend you, not only make the harassment stop, but also bring restitution, to bring restoration. Now, when God restores something, it's always in a better condition than when it was before. If you read the story of Job, when God restored Job, then it was restored double. If you read the story of Abram, when he went in to uh, rescue Lot, who, who they had taken Lot and all of his stuff, they not only got Lot's stuff, but they got all the stuff of the, of the enemy. And that's where you'll find out that Abram tithed or gave that stuff so that people wouldn't say that Abram was blessed by someone else, but that he was showing, hey, I was blessed by God. So when God restores It's not necessarily to the starting point. It's always that he adds to. And so what that is likened for us in the natural, it's like seeking damages. Oh, yeah, but there was also emotional damages that I'm also seeking. Have you ever heard of court cases like that? That that there was a time where, you know, you went through things emotionally. There were things that were hard, not only from what was stolen. Maybe it was maybe it was health. That was stolen. So there's a there was this time there was going to see all the doctors. Imagine the 12 years that this woman with the issue of blood. And and the then not only her going to see these doctors, but will will any of this this doctor it didn't work, so I'm going to see this doctor. That didn't work. I'm going to see this doctor. That didn't work. And and the not giving up, well, is there anybody that can help me? And the emotional thoughts that, that would come for all that. She knew she had a legal right to ask for justice. We have a legal right to ask for justice. We have a covenant with God. God did not design his covenant for his people to experience lack, to be broke, to be sick, to have disease. That's not what our covenant is. Our covenant is a covenant of blessing. Our covenant is a covenant of healing. He will defend us. He will protect us. He will bless us. That's our covenant rights with God. So people who know their covenant rights do not give up. Isaiah chapter 66. 
Verse 14. When you see this, your heart shall rejoice and your bones shall flourish like grass. The hand of the Lord shall be known to his servants. And his indignation to his enemies. Do you understand that your enemy, your adversary, the devil who who walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour is God's enemy as well? Do Do you get the fact that God is on your side? Do you understand that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? Do you understand that he will never leave you nor forsake you and that he knows what you're going through before you even ask? That's our God. He's on our side. Hey, guess what? We win in the end. So I can rejoice in the fact that God is on my side and he's, I like that old uh, Carmen song. It's called the courtroom. And he's, he's talking about the courtroom and Satan's the accuser of the brethren. And, and then Jesus is our defender. And, and Satan says, all his sins are written down. They're all right there. Read the book. They're all right there. And then Jesus, his defender, comes out. Wait a minute, judge. Now, I've got something to say. Now, I remind you on the cross 2,000 years ago, I washed his sins away. I was crucified. I died. They put me in the tomb. But long about the midnight hour, the power of God hit me. And I walked out of that grave alive and well with resurrection power. And so Satan comes back. He says, it's in the book. Check the book. It's written in the book. Check the book. God says, okay, we'll see what this book has to say. And he turns the first page, the second page, the third page. There was nothing in the book. He goes, well, the blood of Jesus must have worked because there's nothing in this book. Check the book, check the book, Satan says. He says, oh, Satan, maybe you're mistaken altogether. Maybe it's this other book down here. No, not that book, not that book. Satan, why are you so uptight? And then God sets the the book on the the, uh, pulpit and it says the Lamb's book of life. That's our God. That's our Jesus who's defended us. He's justified us. And he sits at the right hand of the Father. He's our advocate. And so when we come to him, the judge who represents the judicial system or the law of the land has an obligation to uphold the law. Now you can't, no, I'm not going to go there. So she was not only asking for a legal solution. She wanted an immediate source or uh, uh, immediate cease of action. She wanted compensation. She wanted him to pay. Now, in the natural, if you're gone or away or out of your home, and someone were to break into your home, and they were to steal some stuff out of your home, what would you do when you got back? This is time for feedback. You call the police, right? This isn't hard. These aren't hard questions. You call the police. And what, would the, what do the police come over to do? They make a report. Yeah, they make a report or investigate. Okay? And then one thing they would ask you is, tell me what's missing or stolen. So what would you do? You would make inventory you would make a list or an inventory of what is missing. And then lastly, 
as this investigation is taking place, it will ultimately lead to an identification of who the thief was that got in and, and broke in and stole, right? So in the natural, there's an investigation, there's inventory that's taken, and then there's an identification of who the thief is. Well, we've already identified, spiritually speaking, who the thief is. We've already identified it. Proverbs chapter 6. Verse 30. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he's starving. Yet, when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. So, in the natural, the police would go after to try to what? Catch the the thief. And then when he is found, they would make an arrest and then you would go to trial as you press charges to, to do what? There would be punishment. There would be restitution. Well, Proverbs 6 says... When he is found, he must restore sevenfold. So what that tells me as a covenant right of of the citizen of the kingdom of God, that it is my covenant right to not only ask God to stop this harassment, to take, he's also given us authority. Do you know that? Over the enemy. If you want to know where to find Satan, this is just a, this is just a, a free one for you. If you want to know where to find Satan, he's under your feet because you have authority over him. You've been seated with him, with God in the heavenly places, in the high places. But when you catch a thief and when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. Now imagine all the things in your life over the, over the years where Maybe we were like the woman with the issue of blood. You know, the, the harassment stopped. What was causing our problems stopped. And we just went on. You know, praise God. But now we have a verse to stand on. And Satan must pay in arrears from all the times that he's stolen from us in our life. And so we go to God. Verse Samuel chapter 30. We got some time. Let's go there. First Samuel chapter 30. David came home from battle. Verse 3. The city had been burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. And then David and people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept. Till they had no more power to weep. David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was so grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord God. Now, when they came back from battle and the city had been burned, we're not just talking about your jewelry got stolen. 
We're talking about they took my son, they took my daughter, they took my wife. And these men were so grieved over it. I would imagine that there was a lot of second guessing going on. Maybe we shouldn't have gone to this other place. Maybe we should have left some men here. Maybe there had even been discussions about it. I don't know. But the point is, is that they were stolen from. And so when David goes to the Lord, he, said, he inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him and said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Verse 17. So David attacked them from twilight to evening. Verse 18. David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken, and David rescued his two wives. Verse 19. And nothing of theirs was lacking. Did you see that? Nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great. So it didn't matter if it was insignificant or significant. Sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken. David recovered all. And then watch this. Then David took all the flocks and the herds. And this is important because it said this is David's spoil. Verse 16 says that they had were eating, drinking, and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had. So David not only recovered all of of his, nothing was lacking, small or great, but all their stuff as well. So this is a case where God says pursue, and he not only covered what was theirs, but there was an addition to. Now, Here's what's important for us to understand. It doesn't, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but you can't cover every angle in a a sermon. What was stolen from you is yours. What was stolen from you is yours. And it is still Yours. When a thief comes in to take something and he takes it back to his lair or whatever, that is not his stuff. Just because he might have possession of it doesn't mean it's his. It is still my stuff. And so when when this lady's making this court case to avenge me of my adversaries and to pay restitution... It's not only to get my stuff back, but there's damages on top of it. Your stuff is your stuff. Your healing is your healing. Your money is your money. Are y'all here today? That's not his stuff. And so the the message today is is to say... Don't let him get away with that. Don't let him keep your stuff. Pursue. Pursue. Attack. We're not just talking about defending now. We're talking about going on the attack. And it's time that the body of Christ 
all over the world begin to fight for our rights spiritually and begin to use our spiritual weapons that we've been equipped with. They're not carnal weapons. They're spiritual weapons to break, bring down these strongholds. We've sat too long. We've sat too long. We've sat too long and allowed Satan to come in and steal from us. But okay, if, as long as it stops the attacks, we've moved on. But no. Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Before he comes back, watch this. Oh, you ready? Hang on. Let me find it. Proverbs eleven thirty one. It says, the righteous will be recompensed on the earth. See, I don't, I don't need the money that was stolen from me when I get to heaven. Are you here? I need the money that was stolen from me now. Because the gospel must be funded. The gospel must be preached. There's a cost to that. There's this end times move of God that's coming on the earth. We need to be expanding. We need to be, we need to be taking ground. Not retreating back and just defending ourselves. It's time to attack. It's time to pursue. And to, to ransack the enemy's camp. Those lepers sat there outside the camp and said, well, we could sit here and die. Or we could go in and fight. And then God was with them when they went in. This was a step of faith and God was with them. Do you see that? And so he made it sound like a big army was coming. And all the enemy retreated. And they took out all the stuff. Boy, they ate good that day. <laughs> well, it's time for us to do the same thing. You catch a thief, you make him pay sevenfold. Imagine sevenfold times everything that you've lost. Would you say that would be abundant overflow? Is healing a promise from God? Then I have a covenant right that if, that if I spent money... If I spent emotional time and hurt on times where I've been sick, I have a covenant right to, re- to not only be healed if I'm still experiencing that, but receive the money that was lost to all the doctors. Is prosperity a promise from God? Then I have a right as a, as a citizen of the kingdom to ask God for not only the money that was stolen, but seven times. You'll see in the scripture, if you go read through the scripture, the worst that I've found is double. The worst I've found God restoring something is double. If you got double what was stolen from you, would you be in abundant overflow? (laughs) It's all part of our covenant rights. This is part of our covenant. Listen, listen, we're, we're we're children of God. We're children of God. Yeah. That's 
So, what, what do we do with this? What do we do from here? Number one. Write down a list. Take inventory. Just like you would if somebody came in your house. You would make a list of the things that have been stolen. A list helps you keep focused and single-minded. And then take these scriptures. Genesis chapter 18, verse 25. Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you, shall not the judge of the earth do right, So the Lord says, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous. So what this verse is saying is that uh, we being the righteousness of God, we being the righteous of God, should not receive the same as the wicked. That's a promise from God. And so we can stand on this promise from God that we are righteous, that we are a child of God and will not receive the punishment of the wicked. Number two, James 4, verse 2. Very simple. The second part of the verse says, Yet you do not have because you do not ask. Notice in the story of the, of the woman with the unjust judge, as she went and pleaded with him and asked him to avenge her. Now, I know, uh, yeah, that's old school. So we're just supposed to ask God. Yeah. You know what asking does? That it shows humility that there is someone that can help you. Come on. In other words, I can't do this on my own. Naturally speaking, I can't go back to every where that I've been stolen from. See, my business in Michigan has been, the, the environment that we do business in has been shut down every time we went for a, for a sale. But that governor is not my enemy. And my fight is not with her. My fight is in the spiritual realm. Now, that money was stolen from me. So I put a demand on that with God. Father, this money or health or or this or what about all the emotional things that you've had to go through because Satan attacked your family? What about all the prayers that you had to, that you you were praying and then you were uh, casting down thoughts and imaginations and things that were coming against your mind? What about all the mental attacks It's not just good enough to say, stop the harassment of the mental attacks. No, he doesn't have a right to you. You're a child of God. And so when he touches you, God is not happy. And so we sit back and we say, God, I recognize who the thief is. 
I'm not letting him get away. I ask you to avenge me. Make your list. Make your list. And we're going to... And then lastly... (laughs) We have the right to be avenged. We have the right to be restored. We have the right to be recompensed. We have the right for restitution. King Jehoshaphat was coming into battle. And I think it's in 2 Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And he set himself to seek the Lord, to ask the Lord what to do. And so in verse 20, he says, Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Huh? And... Who should praise the beauty of His holiness. Huh? I thought we were going into battle here. And as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Now imagine someone comes into your house in the natural. And they're armed with a gun and you're there. And you say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. They would be very confused. Would they not? Well, that's exactly what happened in this story. Is now they begin to sing and to praise. And watch what happened. The Lord set ambushes. So as they begin to sing and as they begin to praise, God inhabits the of His people. They begin to say, the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. And here they're facing off the enemy. The enemy's armed. The enemy looks, looks intimidating. The Lord is good for His mercy endures forever. The Lord is good. For His mercy endures forever. Oh, I see the evidence of His goodness. And it's all around me. I see the evidence of what He's doing in my life. And it's all around me. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. What do you think Satan's going to do with that? They're praising. Oh, they're praising Him. Oh. They're praising again. And the Lord set ambushes and the enemy turned on each other. They didn't even have to fight. They brought God into the fight. And the whole enemy was wiped out. Why? Because they began to praise. So... 
Stand with me. So as we're, as we're doing this, stand with me. As we're doing this today, I encourage you, when you get home, to get with your family. To get with your family and uh, <clears throat> make a list. Make an inventory of what's been stolen from you. And then begin to praise Him. And begin to say as a family, For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good, And His mercy endures. Do you know what mercy's for? Mercy is for someone that doesn't deserve something. But that's one of my covenant rights. Is He's the God of mercy. And He's rich in mercy because of His great love. And that's why I can say, For the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. Now if you believe that, give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we thank You for Your Word today. Lord, we thank You. Lord, that You're on our side. We thank you that we have rights as your children. Lord, this morning, by faith, Lord, we receive mercy. Lord, I receive mercy. Lord, I know I haven't done everything right. I know people in here, they haven't done everything right. But Lord, you say in your word, what our rights are. And Father, we lay claim to that today. We thank you that you are good and you're good to us. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. Amen.